Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Fiction, science fiction, horror, fantasy, crime. LGBT Thriller. You have now entered the House of Mystery. With your hosts, Eric Shapiro, David North Martino, John Copenhaver, and Al Warren. One hundred six point five FM Los Angeles, one hundred two point three FM Riverside, and one hundred five zero AM Palm Springs. We are back, and joining us now from the Dead Files, Steve Deshavi. Uh, thank you for taking time to be on the show today. Oh, thanks. I appreciate that, and I appreciate you pronouncing my name correctly too. By the way, <laughs> that's years of doing it, I guess. That's. Uh, <laughs> Um, okay, so let's talk about now. You've been on the Dead Files now. It's been a show, um, and I guess you're you're filming season nine, and eight is about to start. Yeah, currently. Yeah. Wow, that's great. Um, did you expect that kind of, um, I guess, success or that kind of long lasting um, from the show? Like, did you, did you expect this? No, as a matter of fact, when I did the first season, I was still working full-time uh, for Merrill Lynch. And uh, it, was, it was a tough deal. I, you know, I was, I was filming while working, which was a crazy schedule. Um, and to be perfectly honest, I did it. Um, I used all the, you know, not that it was any much, much money, but I used all that money for my daughter's college tuition. I, I didn't think anything of it. I just figured, all right, well going to be a season of tv and then uh i never thought in a million years it was going to take off i mean i, I would have bet my mortgage i was because i went right back to work after we finished filming <laughs> and the the odd thing is we finished filming like that march and they didn't air the first episode till september and uh after the second episode aired i got a phone call from the producer the executive producer that created the show and says hey we just got picked up the season two, you're going to have to quit work and come back, you know, and we, we, I'm like, I'm not quitting work, what are you crazy? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, so I was shocked, and I was, you know, he was also shocked by the quick response from the Travel Channel as far as uh, them picking us up so quickly. Uh, I guess it had a really good, uh, you know, it had a really good response from the first episode, first couple episodes. So yeah, I was, you know, I was happy about that. Yeah. Well, you know, I will say that um, uh, we, we go through the shows, like uh, all the paranormal shows, and um, at the studio, actually, we produce two shows that are on the air, and so I'm always going through and watching, and I will say, um, when I came across your show, um, I really liked the, uh, the way it was presented. I liked the, uh, the way it's done, it's, it, and it's different than, than most, you know, groups going into a haunted place and just sort of investigating. So, um, so that that's a nice well, yeah. I mean, that was the whole, yeah. I mean, that was the whole reason I did the show. I, I you know, I wasn't going to go do a paranormal show. I mean, when I got approached to do it, I turned it down. Uh, you know, I wanted nothing to do with the, uh, you know, running around with a flashlight and yelling in the dark at somebody that's not there, or you know, being antagonistic. And you know, I'm a detective. I'm a retired homicide detective. I'm not going to ruin my integrity or my reputation. Uh, just to be on television, so I made it very clear to the producers, I'm not, you know, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it right, and, uh, you know, and, and to their uh, credit, they they took what I said and what Amy said as far as her uh, protocol, the way she works, uh, to heart, and we never, uh, you know, you know, escaped from that method, this is the way we do it, and, uh, you know, we stayed, I mean, you, you can see a difference between season one and season two as far as the way the format, the way the producers change things a little bit like but other than that everything else is the meats and the potatoes of it stay the same right right uh, so where so where, you know we should tell the people now where you came from now you were uh, um, born in new york and so now you were working for the uh, well i guess what you were a policeman for a while uh 20 years or something yeah, it's almost 22 years. I was a uh, yeah, I was a homicide detective in New York. I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York. Um, I went away three years. I served three years in the Marine Corps. Came home uh, two weeks after I got discharged. I went to the police academy. So I, I went from one one service to another, and um, I worked my way into the homicide squad. Unlike the way TV portrays or what people think happens, I started out on a foot post, you know, walking a beat to a radio car, to plain clothes, to work on narcotics, to get into the detective bureau, and then finally into the homicide squad, where I worked, you know, I worked very hard to get where I got. So right. it's yeah. not like TV and, and uh, you know, people get on my Facebook, they're like, oh, I want to be a CSI or I want to be a homicide detective. How do I, you know, it's just, that doesn't happen like that. It's not how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so basically... Yeah, yeah. And basically, ABC News did a documentary on the NYPD called NYPD 24-7. I was the featured detective in the Homicide Squad in the first episode that aired. They did seven episodes. And they had filmed us for like 16 months. Um, And I think two years after that, it finally aired. Um, And it won an Emmy. It was most watched documentary in ABC News history. It was seen by like 40 million people worldwide. So apparently some producers in Hollywood saw it, some executives there, and uh, somebody took notice of me, and I got a phone call asking if I was interested in doing television. And that's how this whole thing started. I didn't, I, you know, I'm not a, I didn't go out to be on TV or be an actor. It kind of fell in my lap. Right. 
but has that affected you then? Um, the, the sudden change, like when you when you get uh, on the media now, you know you you know uh, Facebook and social media and TV and people. Does that kind of um, kind of put you on guard a little, or sort of it, it, has it changed your life somewhat? Oh, it changed it dramatically. I mean, I never had Facebook or Twitter or any of this stuff prior to the show, and I'm contractually obligated to have it. Um, and to be honest with you, if I didn't have to do it, I, you know, I, I interact a lot with the fans on Facebook, which is a good thing because, uh, you know, I'm really loyal to my fans, but they're loyal to us. So for me, it, it's actually a good thing. I think if the sh- when the show ends, I'll probably get rid of both Facebook and Twitter. I, w- I, w- I wouldn't go back on it. Uh, it's not it's not me, you know, it's just yeah. if I want to talk to somebody, I pick up the phone and I call them, you know, that's the type <laughs> of guy I am. Uh, but it's changed dramatically for me because I went from a job where everybody hated me for 22 years to everybody all of a sudden loving me and for doing absolutely nothing heroic, whereas before I should have been loved <laughs> for the things I did do, and now I'm doing things they think are heroic, which I aren't, and, and people are loving me for it. So it's a, it's a very... It's a very odd feeling to be loved and admired and uh, thought of in a high regard for something I think is, you know, for me, uh, the least dangerous thing I've ever done in my life. So <laughs> it's a little interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's sort of society's that way, you know. Uh, so <laughs> Yeah, it is. It, yeah, it's, I could never understand it. You know, I it just... Uh, I just, I, maybe it's just getting old, but I, you know, it just seems weirder every day. So um, I understand that. Um, I, 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 you know, and I, you know, I was brought up, you know, with the, we, you know, we had a lot of, re, you know, my, we had respect for police, and we had, um, and just oh, yeah. general rules. You know, God, you know, I could, I couldn't imagine doing half the things people do or saying things, and my dad would give me a backhand. You know, it would just. Uh, oh. It's just so. It just. It just kind of makes me roll my eyes because it's. Um, I don't think it's the right direction, but, you know, I'm only one person, so, um, you know. Well, you know, I, I tell a story all the time. You know, I got locked up by the cops as a juvenile, you know, a couple of times, and uh, the beating I got from my father was worse than anything the cops ever did to me before getting arrested. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I just. I. I can you know, relate. that's yeah. today. Today, everybody yells at the cops for arresting their kids instead of the parents taking control and slapping the shit out of them like they should be. Yeah, where's the fear? You know, not that I think fear is great, but, you know, I, there's a certain amount of um, respect that comes with that, you know, a certain amount of uh, doing the right thing. I mean, uh, kids will do things, but it's just gone a little bit overhand, you know. So I understand what you're saying, yeah. you know, because your, your police work was probably, you know, it's, very important to you, and it's more important to society maybe than a show. But uh, yeah, that's the way it is. Um, <laughs> so in your um, in your um, show now, um, you get into um, now you 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 take a very uh, solid approach. So uh, it's like being a detective still. So you do a lot of research in the in the history of the location. Um, what happened there and and what's going on now. So you're taking more of a, um, a scientific approach, I guess I would say. You know, it's just... Yeah, it's a, it's, for me, it's a 
Yeah, it's a pragmatic investigation for me. It's nothing to do with the paranormal. Yeah, it's witness testimony. It's research. It's it's just like a regular investigation, uh, somewhat. Um, but the perpetrator just being the par- paranormal. Yeah. How does that make basically. you? F- how does that make you feel about? Because in in your twenty two years, you weren't chasing perpetrators that were you know ghosts or whatever you were chasing real people right. you know <laughs> yes. you know so this is difference you could track down and find out and kind of investigate so this you're investigating things happening and you're kind of like um i mean you're not going to catch this perpetrator right so does that kind of leave well, you, you know in a sense i don't I, I i actually have a better way of catching a perpetrator because of amy right um you know, without her abilities and her uh, knowledge of um, paranormal, we can never figure out what people need to do. And with my help trying to pinpoint who the who the person may be that's haunting a location, uh, it gives her a better understanding on how to solve it. So it's really a, a two totally different investigations that come together, and and it's the only way to make it work. Her going in there not knowing who this person or who that person may be or who they were in life will not help her in her uh, effort to tell them how to get rid of this uh, entity or this person. But my background, I can say, well, this is who this guy was in life, and then it makes sense to her, and she's like, all right, well, now that I know he was A, B, and C, or she was A, B, and C, this is how we're going to approach getting rid of her. Um, And and without both of our, I mean, uh, me doing the show by myself is not going to do anything. Her doing the show by herself would not do anything. Nobody would watch it. It's the combination of the two that makes it such a compelling and interesting. Uh, you know, I hate to call it a TV show, but uh, an investigative show, I call it. Yeah. So did, does it? Uh, like, I'm taking it now that now when you, in your younger days, did you have any experiences with, the paranormal, or did you have any? Oh of that no, sort of, you know. No, I. No, not a one. Never have, and never since. Uh, and I've been called the diffuser by several mediums where uh, paranormal seems to leave the room when I walk in. So <laughs> it's, it's uh, yeah, I, I, don't ask me why I was called that several times. I, like, I was taken aback by it. You know, I've said this before because uh, I, what does that mean? I'm not a nice person because I consider myself a good man. And then, no, 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 it's just your energy overwhelms, kind of takes over a room and the, and, the paranormal just kind of leaves. It, it, there's no reason, you know, it won't stay there. Um, which is probably the main reason I never have an experience in all these uh, haunted locations we go into. Right, right. So does it kind of like, uh, I guess, for better words, kind of freak you out or blow you away when um, Amy comes up with a lot of the same things that you've found in your investigation? Yeah, I mean, we're, we're currently filming our 106th episode uh, here in Florida right now, I'm on location, and uh, which was nice because I live in Florida now, so oh. it was a quick drive. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I, I'm never, I, I, you know, with her, it's always, I'm still always astonished. Like, when I worked the streets and I saw another dead body, I didn't, it didn't affect me anymore after a while. I became uh, numb to it, uh, unless it was a child, of course. Um, but I've seen thousands and thousands upon dead bodies and murders, but yet every week she'll say something I know she has zero knowledge of. It, it just still amazes me how she comes up with these things and how she knows it. So uh, for somebody to have that kind of ability, I don't think I'll ever get used to it like I did 
police work. Like I'll never be, I'll never get numb, so to speak, to her abilities. I'll always be fascinated that she's able to come up with these things. Yeah, has that changed your perspective on paranormal? Like, has it changed since, like, now? Do you have a different feel of the paranormal than you did before the shows? Well, you know what? I was raised Catholic, Roman Catholic, where, you know, there's heaven, hell, and purgatory, right? Yeah. Uh, you said to your mother growing up, hey, ma, I saw a ghost, you tell you shut up and go to bed, right? Yeah. No such thing. <laughs> um, obviously, there's something going on. I do, I have a, I'm very open-minded when it comes to paranormal, when it comes to a lot of things. So, for me, uh, the biggest change I've had towards the paranormal is all the different ways of when people die, how they're stuck, uh, who's in their death state, who doesn't know they're dead, um, a fractured soul, you know, stuff like that that just, you know, I don't know where Amy's coming up with this stuff, but, I, you know, I take it and I listen to it and I say to myself, well, Christ, I hope I don't end up stuck and I hope all my loved ones that have passed did move on where they were supposed to go because uh, I wouldn't want anybody I loved or knew um, to not know they're dead or, or confused or, you know, that, that part of it kind of bothers me a little bit. I'm, I'm almost wish I didn't know. Yeah. And, and so does that make you want to pursue that? Like, you know, in past, you know, um, people that you've loved that passed on, have you ever wanted to pursue, uh, being in contact with them or going to a medium? No, I just, uh, you, people, I get that question a lot. Did Amy ever do a reading on you? Did you ever go? I've never been interested in any of that. Um, uh, not, not, not that I don't care. I just, I'd rather, you know, not know. I, yeah. You know, to me, I'm not interested in that. Um, you know, I don't want to open up a can of worms and then stay up at night thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it affects the life. Um, is there is there a certain episode now that um, that you're filming even now in this new season that um, kind of affects you or sticks out? Like, you know, when you go to a certain place and it stays with you, um, for a long period. Uh, yeah, that's interesting you say that. We just uh, did an episode, one of the first ones we did during this filming season. Uh, and the audience has got to understand, they think when we're filming, we're filming in real time, which is, I don't know how people think that. It's incredible to me. You know, we did, with the, sh the episodes that are starting, that are start airing in January, we, we filmed last winter uh, up until July. I mean, this stuff has to get edited. It takes time for all that. So uh, the new season will start in July. The episodes we're filming now, I mean, starts in January. My, I, I apologize. The stuff we're filming now film will be aired later in uh, 2016. Uh, but to get back to your question, yeah, this season, one of the first episodes we did, uh, this was a first for me, actually. I think it was our 100th or 101st episode where... Uh, People in the house were being attacked physically, getting scratched and all that. And I was outside the house just taking a quick uh, break in between interviews because the crew has to reset up locations and lights and everything. And I hear screaming coming from the house. Uh, so I go running in, and sure enough, the daughter that had been attacked previously was getting attacked, and you could see the scratches forming on her chest. And I've never seen anything like that before. Um so that was pretty, that stuck in my head. It was pretty wild. 
Wow. You know, they actually filmed the whole action of me coming running in because, you know, yeah. cameras weren't rolling, but they grabbed the camera and they were like, you know, I hear screaming. So I go, you know, I think the cop of me kicked in and I, I, I went running in. I thought I didn't think anything paranormal. Yeah. Uh, but the mother was there reciting the Bible and, uh, you know, verses from the Bible. And um, there was the daughter who was teenage daughter, uh, you know, an older teenager. And uh, she had these these claw marks that just appeared on her chest, um, which was pretty pretty wild even for me to see, and I think I've seen it all. So that yeah. kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, that's pretty interesting. And, and is there shows in the previous seasons, too, that kind of like go, wow, and you still think about or still come up in your mind? Uh, no, not so much the stuff that happens, but some of the clients I still think about... Um, because I get close to the clients. I talk to them before we even go out there. I spend a lot of time with them on location. Uh, I'm in touch with a lot of them afterwards, uh, you know, via Facebook or phone calls and stuff like that. So it's not so much uh, the actual case for me as much as it is the individuals, you know, the the clients themselves. Right. Um, So, so you know, if if I'm back in town in an area where client previous client was you know i'll meet them go out to dinner and have drinks and stuff because you know it's not about me and amy it's it's about the client you know in my book in my in my opinion i mean Amy may feel differently but for me uh it's not about the amy show it's not about the steve show it's not about the matt show it's about the client that's who it's about it's, it's not about the dead files of people on the that are on the show every week it's the, it's the clients that most important. And that's what sticks out to me more so than the actual events that they went through was the clients themselves. Right. So that's kind of like what drives you in the show, is the clients. Yeah, for me it does. I mean, it drove me as a detective, you know. It's not about, oh, what's the best, you know, because you look at the locations we go through. I mean, we're in some places where the Chick-fil-A is the five-star restaurant. It's not like we're going to... (laughs) Tahiti and you know what I mean yeah. <laughs> once in a blue moon like uh, you know you know we will get a decent location it's not like we're going any place exotic where you say oh what a great show that you get to travel and go to you know I'm, I'm in a Hampton Inn right now you know yeah. it's not the Ritz Carlton yeah <laughs> no, so for me it's not about yeah it, it, there's no luxury involved in doing the dead files despite what people think as far as television goes um, yeah I do it for the clients I mean, there's no greater satisfaction than being able to hug somebody at the end of a, an investigation and say, well, now you know what the hell's going on in your house, and this is how you're going to fix it. Yeah. You know, whether they take Amy's advice is up to them, but uh, I don't live there. They have to deal with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's quite uh, quite interesting. Do you know the, um, and for myself, I know that I've been on a few shows. I, I'm like you in the sense that I wasn't really into being on so much and being recognized. So do you, do you find it a problem? Do you like to watch yourself on TV? Do you like to watch the shows? Oh. Or? No, no. Oh, hell no. I don't watch myself at all. I hate watching myself. Yeah. The only time I'll watch myself is if it's a new episode and uh, if I'm around, I'll live tweet with the fans because they love that stuff and I enjoy interacting with them. Uh, I, I see myself on TV, I cringe, and I'm like, ugh. Yeah. You know, 
people see me they're like, oh my God, you lost so much weight. I'm like, no, I'm the same weight I've been for the last four years. Goddamn television is just, yeah. <laughs> you know, makes you look like a, you know, beast. Yeah, you know? yeah no. <laughs> That's know. one reason I don't like watching it. Yeah, hard to get used uh, to. But yeah. I have no interest in, yeah, I have no interest in watching myself. And and so do you watch the other shows in your in your category? I mean Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. In, 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 no. 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 No, you mean like other ghost shows? Yeah, no, like, no. Not at all. No. I don't... No, I don't. I don't. I didn't. I didn't before, and I don't now because uh, people are like, "Oh, don't you want to watch your competition?" I, you know, in my opinion, nobody can compete with us. We do a very different type of show, uh, an investigation. So, I, you know, I don't worry about competition. I don't worry about what the other guys doing. Uh, I like what I watch. You know, I watch my, you know, my shows like Homeland, Ray Donovan, you know, stuff like that. Um, I'm not into the paranormal shows. I support, I've met a lot of people in the industry and I support them. Like I'm friends with Kim Russo. Um, she, you know, I'll, I'll turn on her show once in a while to say, you know, just to see how she's doing. Uh, but I, I just have no interest in it. Uh, I, it's kind of odd to say that being the kind of work I'm doing. 
but my interest is not in the paranormal as much as it is the client. Right. Yeah. No, I I can understand that totally. I I know what you mean. So so it's like I don't watch cop shows either. You know. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's. <laughs> no, I don't watch I don't watch cop shows. <laughs> Huh. What does influence you? Like, what what kind of things do you like to watch or listen to? Uh, you know what? I'm a I'm a big DIY guy. I love watching how to fix things. And uh, you know, when I was married, I had my own house. I was always doing projects in the house. So, you know, I, I like to watch those type of shows. Um, uh, you know, I, being on the road so much, it's hard to even get into a show. The Walking Dead's one of my favorite shows. That's like a you know, I'm a diehard Walking Dead fan. Um, and, you know, the stuff, you know, and I think everybody is. I mean, I wish I had that kind of viewership. Yeah. <laughs> it, uh, you know, and, and, and that, again, is another show. It's not about zombies. It's about the characters on the show. You know, everybody says, oh, it's a zombie show. No, it's about the characters on the show. Yeah. So uh, Sunday nights are torn between, uh, I take Homeland, The Walking Dead, and then... Uh, I watch Sunday Night Football live, and then watch the shows later on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a much better world with DVRs, eh? <laughs> oh, thank God! Yeah. Forget about it. Without DVRs, we, we'd be screwed. Yeah. So, so, um, where do you see yourself going? Like, um, you're just going to keep on working with this. But what if, what if the show ends, and, and eventually it will for whatever reasons, you know? Yeah. Um, where, where do you see yourself going uh, after that? Yeah. It's a good question. I was asked. I did a radio show a couple of days ago out in Sarasota. Uh, I was asked that question. I, you know, I had some side project uh, that I was working on called Blue Plate. It was a food show about me and cops and getting involved with cops and showing us what to eat. I was hoping that would take off. We're going to see where that goes. Um, I've been offered some other type of shows, but you know what? TV for me, I think uh, if the Blue Plate thing doesn't take off and the show ends. I'll probably go back to, uh, you know, I'll get out of TV business altogether. I have really no interest in not knowing. Notice it's a tough business because you never know when you're next. What, you know, some guy can come in or some woman can come in and make a decision that will affect 50 people. You know, it, yeah. it's it's not knowing every season whether you're coming back or not is not a great way of uh Living, you know, I, I came from a civil service mentality of like, listen, as long as I didn't mess up, I knew I had a check coming in every two weeks. Uh, you know, I had this, I had that. Uh, I, I, you know, the whole industry of TV and not knowing if you're coming back, like happened to us last year, we had no idea if we were coming back or not at the end of filming. We all thought it was the last because we had no indication whatsoever we were coming back. And you know what? That's a real crappy feeling to have and I don't want that feeling ever again uh, so for me I don't know where I'm going to end up but it probably won't be in television Yeah, I would think well yeah I, I can understand that you can get um, swapped out for business anytime that's the that's show business you know oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. you know and if, if it went by ratings I wouldn't worry about it because our ratings are through the roof yeah but it just seems that nobody's really interested in our show, uh, in, in, in promoting it and trying to see it do better. Uh, it's almost as if we're the redheaded stepchild nobody wants, you know. <laughs> yeah. Un unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. Uh, well, how did, how, and how did that affect you? Like, um, so coming from, uh, police, you have friends that are cops and all that. Um, 
how was it for you making that transition into the show with your 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 friends? Uh, my my close friends were very supportive. Um, you know, they were like, I mean, first of all, they know how I am in reality. So when the, the way I'm portrayed on the show is the way I would be during an investigation. But they like, where's the real Steve? Like the funny Steve and the the guy everybody wants to hang out with Steve. I says, well, it's not that type of show. And that's why that blue plate uh, kind of brought my real personality out in, in the forefront. Uh, they've been supportive. Uh, they still are. Um, the uh, you know the, some of the guys that are like, oh, you really believe this this Amy crap? Oh, come on, you really you drank the Kool Aid? And you know, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> Listen, work with her for a week, then talk to me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So. For the most part, my my close friends are very very supportive, uh, you know. And they said if anybody was going to get chosen to do television, it would have been you because they know the kind. Of, you know, not that I'm a character, but like I have a, a pretty alpha, overwhelming personality. Yeah, yeah. So to speak. Yeah, I, I think it's great. I think it works really well, and I think that um, from what I what I've heard and see, I think you would do well in another show as. Uh, with more of your character, more personality, because I think a lot of people think you're serious, probably. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because I, I get a message on Facebook or Twitter after I get back from a little, you know, let's say I'm out shopping, and I say, Steve, I think I saw you in in uh, Walmart, and I was afraid to approach you. And I'm like, why would you be afraid to approach me? And I hate that the show portrays me in such a, uh, not, not a tough, I hate using that word, tough guy role, but like in such a serious role, that people think I'm unapproachable, and I'm and I'm such opposite of that. And any fan that meets me and and, and they'll tell you that you know I'm very cordial and very outgoing, and you know I'll buy him a drink and hang out and talk for a while. Uh, I always give time to the fans. Uh, I think when that blue plate thing I did that was on uh, well, it was on the Travel Channel website, um, you could see my real personality. Uh, you you got to understand, my real personality on the Dead Files is what I did when I was working. You know, you got to be serious when you're doing an investigation. But there is times you can't be funny and have a little laugh, a few laughs. I'm not saying you laugh with the client because they're going through hell, but if I'm talking to an expert, there's no reason there can't be some laughter involved. I mean, why can't be so... And, and there is a lot of laughter sometimes, and it, it gets on the cutting room floor. Uh, and it, it annoys me to a point, like, you know, can't you at least show one little fun part of my, my character? And they just... You know, it's yeah. TV, and it's, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I was hoping, you know, we're hoping this, uh, you know, if the blue plate thing comes around, that's uh, something that'll really show the uh, real Steve as far as his uh, off-duty personality, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I think that would be good. I mean, uh, you know, uh, go for it. Pursue it, you know. Um, well, you know, a lot of that stuff is not up to me. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's... Uh, no, it's it's people are making decisions that I have no uh, no uh, control over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, uh, what so what do you say about the uh, to the naysayers or people that do uh, approach you on your public, you know, your Facebook and things like that? Do you, that say that it's they're they're kind of negative. Let's say, um, do you, do, you, do you really have any words for them, or do you just sort of leave it? You know, it's funny you say that because um, I don't have any, um, I, I don't get negative feedback on my page or my Twitter. 
I find out from fans that people are talking bad about Amy. It's usually the negative feedback. Uh, you know, so, sometimes I'll get a feedback like that. How can you sell yourself out? She's a fake. And all this other stuff. I don't even entertain them. Guys like that or men, women like that, I won't even entertain their uh, rhetoric about Amy's abilities because, you know, I know what she's about and that's all that matters. The, the diehard fans know what she's about and that's all that matters. There's, there's so many um, followers that are, that are believers of Amy's ability and, and what we do that the majority, they, you know, I don't even have to say anything because the fans attack these people. I mean, you get some of it on Facebook is is pretty amazing. You know? yeah. So I just kind of sit back and watch the pitfalls go at it because yeah. our fans are very, very, very loyal towards Amy and I. So, so that 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 brings up a little social stuff. How do you how do you feel about the way it's going right now with uh, with the world or with even even the U.S. now with uh, yeah, the way way social media is and the way people are and the way that everybody's sort of a lot of squabbling, a lot of fighting going on, and then all the stuff about bad stuff about cops now and stuff. Um, it, it must be yeah. really, it must be really hard yeah, because it, you're 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 so involved in it. And you know what it is to do the job, and so it must be more personal for you. Yeah, you know, I just. Um I try not to get into politics on my Facebook page or Twitter because okay. it, it just opens, like I said, a can of worms. Uh, but every once in a while, I have to throw my opinion out there. Like, listen, I'm a former Marine. I'm, I'm, I'm a former New York City detective and cop for 22 years. I, I don't care what anybody says. Nobody's going to bad mouth the military or the police to me. Um, so I don't care if, if one cop does something bad, there's 8 million other cops doing something good every day. So uh, I try not to get into that battle because it, you, you're never going to win because, you know, I learned a long time ago, if you try to, at the end of, if you try to fight everybody that's a naysayer, at the end of the day, you're the one that's going to be sorry about it because it's just a waste of time. Um, I worry about our country. I know we're going to get attacked again. It's just a matter of when, not if. Yeah. I don't have any faith in our government whatsoever. I have no faith in this administration, and I'm very blunt about that. Um, it's just that we, and it always does 180. We did this for years. I mean, I'm 52 because I've seen it. You know, we went from the Carter years to the Reagan years, and then, you know, yeah. it's just, we go from a country being so strong to so weak, back to being strong again to so weak. Uh, and it's frustrating. Um, you know, I'm, a, I'm the middle-of-the-road type of guy politically. I consider myself, a cent well, they call it a centrist now. It used to be a moderate. Now to the centrist. Yeah. Um, so it, it frustrates me when I watch. Like, I, you know, I don't like the right or the left. Uh, yeah. You know, so on oh, both sides, the left is ridiculous and the right right's ridiculous. So just because I own firearms and I, and I post a picture of me going to the range, people think I'm an advocate for everybody to walk around with guns, and I'm not. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>, no. <laughs> I don't think 90% of the public should be armed. I think people that are trained and know what they're doing is fine. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the, the just Joe Schmo walking around with, you know, being able to have a firearm. But we do have the Second Amendment, and everybody has a right to bear arms and to protect themselves. So, uh, there's that, you know, you, you know, freedom isn't free. 
there's a reason why people die for our freedom, uh, so that we have these rights. Yeah. Um, it's just tough for me. You know, I just have so many opinions that people think I have an opinion one way, and they and they don't. When they find out I don't, they kind of get shocked by it. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that's sort of part of the issue. You know, we uh, everybody wants to label everybody and blame each other through, you know, left-right views or something. Oh. It's, it's just kind of like, well, no, how about just listening to the person and w- see what they have to say rather than oh. just judge, you know? It's just, it's crazy. I, uh, right. You know. All these recent shootings, you know, where people are like, oh, my God, we got to do stricter gun laws. I'm like, stricter gun laws are not going to stop the bad guy from getting a gun. Yeah. We live in a violent world with violent people in it. And there's only one way to deal with violent people, and that's through extreme prejudice and violence. You can't coddle violent people. Yeah. That's simple. They need to be exterminated and taken off the planet. That's it. There's no debate about that. No matter whether it's an Islamic terrorist or if it's a homegrown terrorist. I don't care who it is. Or if it's the drug dealer on the street just shooting wildly at another drug dealer and then hitting a poor kid in a carriage. Those people need to be dealt with in a violent manner. They can't be coddled. And, you know, people don't want to hear that because it's not PC. Well, PC is too bad. You know, PC is going to ruin this country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely... And that's all part of the social media thing, you know? I think uh, it's crazy. Well, you know, know, it's... You know, you, you, you see who's empathetic towards... Um, the ISIS, and, and you look at them, they're all 20-something-year-olds, 18 to 20-something-year-olds, and I'm like, what the hell is going on with these, you know, these kids? What are they thinking? And I don't know whether to blame them or blame the parents that raised them. I really don't know where to put the blame on this. Yeah, um, it, It's just that I was raised a certain way. Uh, my daughter was raised a certain way. Uh, so I, I, I just, you know, they have ideology of the 60s, but with, with the wrong causes. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just, it, 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 makes, it makes, no, makes no sense today. Yeah, no, I know. It's confusing. And uh, as you get older, it seems to get harder. I notice that myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 You, know, <laughs> you know, I'm 52, which is not really old, but it's it's not young, but yet I it just, I don't know. Maybe I... I you know, I say, I shake my head sometimes. I say, maybe I am old. I don't know. Yeah, no, I do the same. I, I t- I'm turning into my dad. You know, I'm 53, so I, I understand. I just, <laughs> uh, I look at it, I think, God, am I turning into my dad? Uh, but it's just, yeah. oh, I'm kind of hoping that's, that's it in a way. I'm hoping that that's, you know, our, our parents probably thought the same about us with things that we were doing. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I'm, I'm yeah. hoping yeah. that they work it out, you know. Um, I don't know. It is kind of scary. But. Well, you know, I I have a tattoo I just had finished on uh, my arm. It's a 9-11 tribute tattoo. Uh, and on the top of it, it says, Never Forget. And it's got, you know, it's a, it's a beautifully designed tattoo. Uh, myself and my tattoo guy designed it together. And people need to never forget the way... My father was a World War II vet, so I was a change of life baby. Um, yeah. You think that generation forgot Pearl Harbor? No. Hell no. No. Our generation, for some reason, the 20 year olds now don't even know. I just went somewhere, a college in Wisconsin, didn't want to do a service to 
for a memorial for 9-11 for a minute of silence because they thought it would offend Muslim students. What kind of bull crap is that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, I mean yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I want to know who made that decision and smack them right in the friggin' head. Yeah. yeah. You know, don't we don't want to offend anybody, so we're not going to take a moment of silence for... Yeah. Uh, to remember 9-11? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, 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 that, that, it just boggles my mind when I read stuff like this. It's yeah. Just, no. Right? Same. Yeah, yeah, no, and I see it all the time. And, and, and on one of the other shows we're dealing with a lot of the uh, Truther series and stuff, it's just really, it's crazy when they're saying things about 9-11 like, it's, like it wasn't real. You know, yeah, let's actually say the Holocaust didn't happen. You know, it's the same thing. Yeah, I don't know. Not that level, but. I never know what to say in an interview when they're telling me that 9 11 wasn't real. It was just like. And when we're alive and you have people calling in saying, you know, I saw the plane, I was there. (laughs) It's like. It's it's just like you don't know what to say, right? It's just just, there's some craziness out there. See, and, and you know. Here I am. I'm a guy that barely made it out alive that day. I'm a first responder. I, I barely made it out alive. And I'd, I'd love to have that person in front of me instead of on the phone telling me that. Because I think my reaction would be a lot a lot more of a, a wake-up call to them than, uh, and, you know, people are very tough over the phone and on, on social media. Yeah. They talk a lot of crap because... When you, you know you're behind a keyboard, you you, can, you feel like your papa. You can say with your papa, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. But I think when you you know when you get these people in front of you, physically in front of you, I think they they would they would think twice before they open their big mouths and, oh, and yeah. talk nonsense. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Well, and well, actually, and um, I was going to ask about um, your your relationship with Amy. So now, do you guys have a uh, a pretty social relationship as well, or is it just strictly business? No, no, me and Amy are strictly business. It's uh, We're very two different people. Uh, politically, socially, we're very different. So, um, you, know, we, you know, we're cordial with each other. We're nice and we're friendly, but we're not, uh, you know, we're not partying together. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's a partnership with... Uh, you know, and we don't talk to each other during the investigation at all. Um, yeah. So if anybody thinks that that's crap, that's, if that's totally true. Um, normally, we never stay in the same hotel together. Um, I stay with the crew in one hotel. She's in another hotel. Uh, and that's for, uh, you know, the integrity of the investigation. Uh, she lives in L.A. I live in Florida, so there's no social hanging out there. Um and, you know, yeah. we, we just come from different backgrounds. I mean, we, we look at things differently, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, probably, you know, it works better I, I, for I, sure. I, yeah. yeah. It does. I mean, it's, it's kind of a good thing that we don't get to know each other too, too well because you, you'll see that on TV, you know, Yeah. I think. So for me, I think it works out better that we're not uh, hanging out on, you know, Thanksgiving together and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. No, it makes more sense. You know, it becomes it's more it becomes more re- real that way too as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, just because you're partners doesn't mean you have to be uh, friends together. You know, socially. Yeah. Uh, oh, I worked with guys for years. I never hung out with, but I worked with them in, uh, on cases. But I never hung out with them after work. Right. Uh, so it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree totally. 
Well, um, Steve, it's been very, very nice talking to you. Um, I think you're doing a great job, and uh, you know, thank you for everything you've done. I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, it's it's nice to. Well, I appreciate you having me on. Oh, yeah, this is uh, fantastic. I love having uh, real people that you can talk to about things, and it's nice. It's a good conversation. So. Yeah, yeah, sometimes I get a little heated when I talk about uh, politics. So I apologize. No, <laughs> no, no, I mean, it's just a passion. It's a passion <laughs> you have about um, caring about the country and the people, and 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 there's nothing wrong with that passion. That's why, you know, even that's the problem with politically correct things it's just because uh, you know but there's, there's nothing wrong with being human and giving your opinion and this is what you feel and it's for a good reason it's because you care about what's going on that's just that's yeah that's what we absolutely need. we need more of that and uh that, yeah exactly you know, that's that's what makes the country stronger not you know you know that's in my not weaker. yeah yeah and, and uh so no, I, I I appreciate it, and and there are people that do. So uh, maybe it's just us older ones. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think you might be right, Al. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, it's crazy. But um, well, thanks for taking your time. I know you've got a busy schedule and you've got lots going on. So um, I appreciate the time and and. Uh, <laughs> The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! I'll see you! This has been a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. If you're lying to me, I'll be back. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests, hosts, or shows, go to www.houseofmystery.com. Show's over for now. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Well, good night. 
This has been a production of Something Weird Media. I'll be back.